noodles or no noodles it doesn't matter like you will figure out your path so if you yeah. choose a nift or not you actually landed up where you are doing exactly what what you wanted to do or what you believed you wanted to do at that time too exactly a lot of times sometimes the way to cracking a problem that nobody else has cracked is simply just looking at it differently right and and that's an important skill as well Hi there thank you so much for joining me one more time on india's first graphology based leadership show i'm your host aditi sarana i'm a behavioral analyst a high performance coach and an anti anxiety expert on our wednesday show we invite guests who can absolutely help us deal with our questions about leadership about everyday deliberation by talking about their journey at the same time with the help of graphology i get to understand who they are why they behave the way they do and be able to coach them in a certain manner so what you're walking into is an entire session that we do with different leaders our guest on the show today is uh, reprimanded in some or other manner not for being a non achiever but actually for being a high achiever she has to deal with all these stereotypes because people think that you can't be so successful so early in your life while battling all these external struggles internally she is still trying to figure out whether she is this completely artistic creative person or logical and rational person because she excels in both the areas now yahi kahani mein twist instead of getting bogged down by all the challenges at hand the marketing head of puma india decided to take this issue of stereotypes on its head and deal with it through her branding and marketing campaigns she got karina kapoor to speak about her pregnancy and what kind of challenges women face when it comes to their bodies that according to me was absolutely phenomenal way of looking at the same challenge that otherwise is missed so without further ado let me invite shreya sachdev to join us now while i'm analyzing her handwriting make sure that you keep your handwriting sample and a ballpoint pen handy so that when i talk about her behavioral traits looking at her writing you can check out a thing or two about yourself too let's get started hi shreya welcome to absolutely right hi aditi thanks for having me on board uh, i think this is a very interesting format so i'm curious to see how it unfolds so before we start the conversation i just want to ask you after how long did you write actually Wow. Um I actually don't remember the last time I did it. <laughs> I felt so when I looked at your handwriting sample I'm like oh I think this sample is coming after a long time and really just long. to just to describe to our listeners uh Shreya has written on a blank unruled sheet of paper a small paragraph and as she wrote that uh the lines the invisible line on which we write talk a lot about our personalities we call graphologically we call them baselines so so many lines uh, they go little upwards or go straightish and then they droop downwards so it's not the lines that are going down but they go up in the middle and then they droop down now that's a typical baseline that talks about how your enthusiasm levels go up and then in the middle when you think you have done you're like you know probably got what you wanted you got the curiosity quenched the results that you want uh, you just like lose interest and then you wonder what happened like i was so invested and everybody around you would must be asking you these questions a lot like what happened we thought you're going to do it for a long run and it doesn't look like does that happen to you shreya um honestly yeah um i think uh, even if you look at the the things that i've done in life right i think uh, one way to obviously look at it is that i haven't stuck with something long enough but i think the way i look at it is that i'm always looking for excitement and something new yeah. um and once i get there and i feel like okay i've sort of done a good job with this i am where i want um i guess maybe it's it's the dopamine seeker in me i'm looking <laughs> for the next interesting thing to do um but it's true i mean um even as a kid you know i did kathak for many many years and in the beginning it was interesting and then towards the end i had to be bribed to continue to go for classes <laughs> and that was the same with karate and then you know of course i i i played basketball for my school and um i guess you know it was for me it was like i've picked up something interesting and i feel i'm at a place where you know i've done it decently well and now let's move on to the next thing you know which is interesting because people mostly think you're really good at it and they want you to continue to do that each 
thing that you mentioned right now from karate to bharatnatyam i'm sure they wanted you to pursue because they thought you're really good at it but you thought you were done and you moved on and yeah, you think, if you ask my mom she'll always say like <laughs> she had big hopes yeah. <laughs> what happened <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah I, i think i have my uh, sympathies with her i can understand <laughs> how tough it must be for her to yeah. work so hard with you and oh the- yeah So oh, yeah. how was how was parenting from their perspective how was childhood was it like different or were they like uh, exceptionally involved invested parents or i'm asking you this question because let me tell you this there's a particular style in our, our graphological terms when you write the i the specific i that is personal pronouncing i when you say i am i did that so that particular i represents a lot about your parents So if I have okay. to talk about your both parents, I see both these horizontal lines are well formed and they are connected to the vertical line. Talking right. about how, as a person, you feel the deep connection to your parents. Uh, you might not agree with them most of the time. There are there are obviously conflicts. So this is where my parenting question comes from. Sure. So I think um, I had an interesting childhood in that. Um, I think in terms of um, you know personalities, my dad was he's very rational. He's very logical. Um, he was extremely um, you know academically bright. Um, and my mom is she is very instinct based. She is very emotional. She is uh, artistic, right? So um, for me, I think both. Parents of mine had a very strong uh, influence growing up, right? So um, there was a lot of focus on doing academically well. Uh, I absolutely there was no option for me to drop the ball. <laughs> uh, but also, I think um, the time that I was not in school uh, would be spent on a ton of extracurricular activities. You know, art classes, craft classes, public speaking, karate, kathak, swimming, tennis. Um, wow. I mean, you name it. I, I've gone for that class, right? And maybe part of that came from the fact that I grew. up in calcutta which is so culturally rich mm-hmm. um that a lot of kids do these extracurricular activities but i think in my parents case um the way they looked at it was hey if we if we get her involved in everything and we give her a taste of everything that's the best that we can do to set her up for success right so um a lot of i guess you know who i am as a person today and the influences that i have are a combination of uh both parents right and i'd like to believe that i'm sort of a balanced version of both of them right <laughs> in that sense mm-hmm. um i'm not extremely creative i know that if i do just um you know creative pursuits the entire time i would be very emotionally exhausted uh but i find just logical or rational thinking um very dry as well right i i need to temper it with some amount of creativity so um i guess in that sense my childhood was quite interesting and there were days when i would tell my parents i just want to go down and play you know i don't want to do that class today and like i said that's where the bribing would come from right, right? that just go <laughs> it's good um but i realized it much later actually when um, i was in b school and i created a resume for the first time that a lot of stuff that at that point just seemed like you know unnecessary unnecessary <laughs> suddenly uh you realize these were like um you know markers Assets of like a 360 resume yeah. <laughs> of somebody who's um you know developed across various facets and I, i guess now when i look back i think a lot of what i learned as a person was a combination of you have to do well academically of course the sense of achievement and ambition needs to be there but you also need to explore other parts of your personality right and figure out what you want from life so i think um uh, i think a lot of those influences still stick today in in the choices that i make so this whole logic versus creativity do you think even as your current role demands that is that something that you thrive in you struggle with what is it and i know no, I technically think... technically i would look at the writing and uh, talk about it however yeah. i feel uh, you know as a as a woman i feel so proud for i don't know you yet but i feel so proud for your achievements and when i spoke to you yesterday briefly i was reading about you and it's so amazing how far you have come in your life and so early and that definitely requires talent and courage more than anything else to be able to stand there and say i will be able to deliver and you know people might give you opportunities and and you kept using the word i've been lucky to get here i've been and i think that's being only humble that you say that but it is definitely the opportunities and the the way you deliver to them so that's amazing 
my parents were a bit skeptical because i'd obviously not done anything to be able to convince myself that this you was really my forte right and was this just a, an extreme reaction to to me and taking they science i have seen you like taking things and and leaving them halfway yeah yeah i mean they felt that i had potential in science right and they took me to a bunch of counselors and all of the counselors were pretty inconclusive because they said she can do anything, anything. right there was no clear path that came out i said you know if she can do science also she can do something creative also uh, so naturally it was very confusing for them as well right because the direction that they hoped that they would get and i would get was not clear um it went to a point where um one of my relatives is a palm reader and we went to him and they said can you can you see her lines like it literally went to that level and um unfortunately for them he looked at my hand and he said your lines are not formed right which oh. <laughs> which basically yeah. means that you make your own destiny right so i can't really be <laughs> i can't How tell much um right so um anyway as a as a safe precaution i i gave a bunch of entrance exams as well across i think economics and literature and two three courses that i said i can do right not science i i didn't give engineering but i gave a couple of uh, arts entrances right and um it reached a point where um i had to go to delhi to mm-hmm. pay up i still remember it was a demand draft for nift mm-hmm. um and at the same time i had gotten through lsr and again a, a very good rank there yeah. i was also getting the hostel um so mom said why don't you just go and do both right um go check out lsr as well and mm-hmm. then anyway later in the day i think it was later in the day or the next day that i had to go to nift and pay up the demand draft right and sign up for the course um so i went to delhi i have family there so i stayed with family and um, i was all set uh, to do nift yeah. right and i'm the kind of person where you tell me you can't do it i'm even more determined <laughs> uh, so i went in very headstrong saying i will do nift and i will make a success of it and i'll prove anybody who had doubts wrong um and right before that i think a, a day before i went to lsr right and by then my admission was guaranteed in lsr i was getting the hostel they said we just want to have a quick chat right so it wasn't an interview it was more like us getting to know the college and the college getting to know us right so i went there um and i met the professors and i met my seniors and i saw the place and i kind of just fell in love with it right no. um, yeah <laughs> and i was like you know this feels like my vibe uh-huh. uh, this seems like i would learn a lot here i would be super happy um and i just didn't end up going to nift after that like i, I was like this oh is it God. i'm done right <laughs> uh, so i i i said i'll i'll do lsr right and um touch wood it end up ended up being the best 3 years of my life i i think this was the first time i was staying away from home so i discovered a lot about myself sure. um that i you know probably wouldn't have uh, in a in a safe environment um but during then i said i don't want to give up on this dream right of of getting into fashion um so i did a couple of design internships right and um that's where i sort of realized that um there were some aspects of a creative business that i absolutely loved um you know like uh, taking strategic calls and uh, talking to people and stakeholders media or clients or doing accounting right uh, but the one thing that i did not enjoy was the literal design right the cut and the color mm-hmm. and the fabric <laughs> um i found it um very painstaking right and then and, and, exactly that exactly yeah. so like i said serendipity play like works in, in oh strange ways right so that's when i realized hey maybe an mba makes sense right because i don't want to be a creative person but i did enjoy running a creative business right so um that's how i'm lucknow happened um and then of course right after i'm lucknow i joined mckinsey as a consultant and um that was also i would say an exploratory phase right because uh, you get to work with uh, different clients different sets of teams you get to work on different problems across different industries right and um like i sometimes joke with my parents i think fate just had to bring me here because now i'm in a role where i'm selling clothes and shoes right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is what i, I wanted to, to do all along right and, and that and, also that also from a strategic point of view you're not necessarily designing and you're exactly. dealing with the material <laughs> exactly right oh, so okay. i i joined as head of strategy and then i took over marketing and um it, for me it was a very interesting journey to watch play out because i guess um and 
I was super heartbroken, right? When when I realized that NIFT is not happening because I I felt like I was letting go of a dream that I had oh, like no. sort of nurtured over years. But when I look back, I feel like I'm better off, right? I would have oh, probably man. not been happy there. So it's very interesting for me to watch this journey and and watch how it came about, right? And wow. again, again with the marketing role as well, it was absolute serendipity. In fact, Puma was absolute serendipity. You know, I um where when I decided to start looking out, um I said I have to do something that i'm passionate about right and um that is retail and that is fashion so i started looking around right and uh, traditional retail setups didn't excite me so much i felt they were a bit slow they weren't they didn't move fast right? especially in today's day and age with like startups and the tech ecosystem retail in comparison seemed a bit slower for me right so i reached out to a bunch of people i spoke to people that i considered mentors um and one of them sort of told me um hey have you considered puma you know they they doing really interesting stuff and it's a young dynamic team um they number one in india by the way which is the only country where they number one so do you want to do an interview um and i said yeah you know i i would love to sort of chat with them and get to know and um so she sent my cv across to to my now boss um mm-hmm. and she said hey do you have a role for her and luckily at that point they were looking for a replacement for uh, the strategy team role mm-hmm. um because he had moved on to a different role within the same company um and so like i said it felt like serendipity right um so i interviewed for for the role and and um i heard them out and i heard what the company stands for and again it was a very gut based feeling because i had a couple of other offers but it, it, this just felt like okay this That's is right. my vibe right yeah. <laughs> uh, so what um, do you mean by this is your vibe like how do you know and i'm asking this question because if our listeners are not clear about their vibe how do they kind of then describe it or understand it what do you do um so it's very difficult to explain and i have these conversations with people often when when i say you know when they're in a dilemma and i'm like trust your gut and they're like what yeah. if i don't have a gut <laughs> what do i do then um, no, no, so they might have diffi- then they, they will have gut but they won't have like the gut they, 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 they haven't learned to trust it yet yes, you know they yes. don't trust that then so for me honestly i feel like the way i look at it is there is no right or wrong right you can choose either path and e- each path might be different it may not be worse or better mm-hmm. so you got to pick a path at that point in time that feels best for you right what worked for me with puma was one it was in the industry that that i had loved for so many many years and the idea of selling really cool clothes and shoes was exciting enough mm-hmm. um when i spoke to abhishek for the first time i told him about uh, you know abhishek the same your, uh, the person who hired you Yes so Abhishek is uh, the MD of Puma India and Southeast Asia um he was my boss then he continues to be my boss now and um I told him about what I'm looking for in my new role and I said again I'm looking for a combination of um analytical logical but also something that's a bit more instinctive creative um and he said you know I'm also like that as a person and the interview sort of just ended up being a conversation rather than an interview, interview. right and I and I always feel like uh more than anything else uh the people that you work with should have the same mindset and goals as you otherwise that leads to a lot of conflict right it's seemed here that um the goals would be similar the mindset would be similar the approach would be similar right so i would not struggle with how i would want to run the role versus mm-hmm. how my manager would want me to run sure. the role right sure. um and then of course i went through their brochure and i spoke to a bunch of people who said only good things about the culture um and um of course a lot of things sort of ticked in terms of they hire young they promote young right um, and for me that was important because i was coming from a consulting background where you make partner in what 8 9 years right so mm. a fast growth was of course something that i would look for fast decision making again because i get bored easily like you pointed <laughs> out right so yeah. i don't have the patience to watch something pan out if it takes too long mm-hmm. um so I, a lot of these i guess on a logical standpoint ticked off and yeah. maybe that's what led to the gut feel of this is my vibe right uh, but at the end of the day you don't know right until you join a place you don't know and it can take 3 to 6 months for you to decide whether this is right or not yeah. um in my case of course that would it worked out but it was a punt like uh, this is like my vibe but happened that you thought something was your vibe and it has not worked out for you um i mean i guess i would never know right because when you pick a path you don't know what the other path would have led to so you sure. can't really say uh, but at least i don't regret any of 
the decisions I'm, that I'm, I made. I'm suddenly remembering this uh, particular scene from Kung Fu Panda where he is confused whether I should go back to noodles or should I stay here because <laughs> yeah. everybody's like, you know, I, you don't have that to become the the uh, fighter. Like, it's just give up. Yeah. And he's contemplating and that time the master comes there and he says, yeah. uh, noodles or no noodles, it doesn't matter. Like, you will figure out your path. So if you would yeah. have chosen NIFT or not, you actually landed up where you are doing exactly what, what you wanted to do or what you believed you wanted to do at that time too That's exactly so exactly. interesting yeah it is always surprising how all these dots join in and yeah. you know how we discover ourselves in that yeah sense. absolutely so Shreya, over to you what questions do you have for me cool um so I think the first one would be and um you know like you pointed out I don't I don't come with a lot of years of experience um interestingly enough I think I'm in an ecosystem where I deal with a lot of external stakeholders and of course a lot of them have a lot 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 more experience than me right um and I think one of the criteria of success in this role and probably in any role is to be able to have tough conversations with people to be able to um to fight for what you want and what what you think Believe you need yeah. um, and yet not damage relationships in the process right at the end of those conversations you still want to come out uh, with your collaborative long-term relationship intact um, but you still need certain things to go your way right and um, I think sometimes for me the biggest uh, barrier or biggest challenge is um, they don't see the person sitting in front of them as somebody with experience, right? right. So um, that level playing field uh, is rare to get there. Of course, a lot of people for whom that does not matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, the bigger question is how do I establish that collaborative relationship, but still get it across that, hey, I'm not somebody to be taken for the ride just because mm-hmm. I'm much younger, right? Um, I think that's that's a fine balance that I, I struggle with sometimes. So I started working as a graphologist when I was, uh, I, I started working properly as, when I was 18. But before that, since 14, I was analyzing people. And by the time I reached 22, 23, I was working with CEOs and CXOs and, and giving them feedback and became a coach. So most of the time, the struggle was, are you really, are you sure? Can you? <laughs> and And I used to find it difficult initially how do you then convince people that you're good enough to do the job that you are hired to do and especially when a company used to hire me and I used to go and walk into their cabins and they're like you gonna talk to us or and all of that yeah but after four five assignments like these which means at least 20 30 people like that I realized that I need to make them comfortable okay so they will question because they see and believe what they they know. And the kids were of my age. So it was only obvious for them to not hear about life and personality from somebody who was younger than their child. So yes. that was that, that whole resistance. The very moment I became okay with it, people started dropping their perspective, their opinions, mm. because I was not fighting it. The mm. moment I'm empathetic about their doubts, you mm subjected and I'm going to use a better word here you won't be triggered by their doubts of you Hmm. you would look at things you might not agree with it and Hmm. even you don't have to agree with them you know they don't have to agree with you to respect you but fundamentally what you're saying is how can you disrespect me in your eyes and that judgmental look when you (laughs) know me but if you understand look at the the culture that people are used to Look at if you are an overachiever, then it is your responsibility to make it easier for them. Mm. And it is, if, I, if I would tell you again and again, it is a matter of three minutes, the first five mm. minutes. Once they see the value and when you are very comfortable being doubted, that is a sign mm. of very, very high self-esteem. Mm. So I, uh, the joke was, I used to wait. I used to just, uh, tell my friends that all I have to do is open my mouth and talk about two most valuable things that they cannot imagine. Now, now I constantly did that and that helped me in opening the conversation with the most accurate feedback that I can give to anybody. Mm. So that eventually turned as an opportunity because I was fighting to make my place because I could see the doubt in their eyes. Mm. So going back to your way of looking at things that you never know how these things are training you. If tomorrow right. you have to deal with an international team, you might have the same thing with cultural differences. 
do have things unfortunately about sexual differences so people do have these stereotypes but you're not learning how to deal with these five external stakeholders you're literally learning to deal with any sort of stereotype that people may project on you how to go about it without taking it personally Hmm. very interesting say more like um (laughs) <laughs> so, so one of the things that happens and I think most people get stuck in this whole uh, wrong assessment of them and I'm using it mm. a little generic even for our listeners to connect to their situation where they think why this person is judging me you don't mm. even know me how can you think of me ABC now in your case this is a specific judgment but mm. it could be any judgment that you are not right. okay with now people's doubt the very moment you take it personally you're playing their game Hmm. So, and we do take negative feedback personally we're like how could yeah. you how and oh. the, the complete sentence would be how could you do this to me right right that whole do this to me is like how do you not know me how do you disrespect me and hmm. all these things we take them personally and and the very moment you do that you're playing their game so i use this example a lot that imagine you have this remote control to your emotions you know, like something that has specific emotions and the, the button you can press that and, and you would yeah. react in a certain yeah. specific manner. Now you go ahead and give that remote to a stranger, yeah. this external stakeholder to a person who doesn't know you. And you, yeah. say, you can press any button and just believe that I will react to it. <laughs> yeah. And when you say, no, no, I don't want to do this, which means yeah. I have to disconnect. And I can't mm-hmm. change your behavior, but I can change how I would respond to the situation. So sit right. down sometimes, Shreya, and think about, uh, can you think about three ways to respond when they behave in this manner? Because mm. you know, because you're right. so young for your role, you would get that often and you would get that even going ahead. Then right. how would you look at it? Is there something that mm-hmm. you got to do? Do you got to create uh, the value that you can bring to the table in a different manner do you require personal Mm. branding where the media talks about you and you do Mm. it because professionally would be taken or seen in a different manner altogether Mm. all these things are solutions to solve this problem at large but you can't think of any if you're triggered by them you Mm. can't think of any if you're only fighting the game that they are setting for you super interesting no i think makes sense i think what um i think what stood out for me um from what you just said and which i think merits a little bit more thinking through is you have to be comfortable with their judgment right um, if you're not comfortable and i guess a lot of times it takes a while for perceptions to shift and until then you have to be comfortable that there will be a certain not so flattering perception about you and that's fine right maybe it will take two meetings maybe it will take 10 Um, And that's okay until then you have to be comfortable with the fact that maybe you are not what they want to see from across the table. Or I would say it even take a step further and say, can you expect discomfort? Hmm. True. If you don't get it, wow, great. By surprise, you know, like with your your boss, you didn't get it. Yeah. Like absolutely made you comfortable and you said you're chatting, you're already discussed. So that is possible. But if you don't get that, probably that is the surprise part. But when you expect it, and if you know how to beat that particular part of the game, then you won't avoid it. You won't resist it. You won't be subjected to it. And people can bring in as much discomfort your way. You are prepared. It's like, you know, opening, who's the opener? And if you know you're really good at your game, you won't be bothered about who is the opener. You just true. do what you got to do. True. Very true. I like that you brought in a sports reference. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very true. So I think the second one again, you know, and uh, this will sound very, uh, I guess, familiar um, because we've been talking about it a lot. But I think uh, sometimes I do wonder, um, you know, I guess, like I said, I have two parts of my personality. One is um, willing to let the universe guide me and sort of uh, be open to opportunities that come my way. (laughs) And then there's this other very controlling type Uh that says, should I plan ahead? Should I be very clear about where I'm going and solve for it actively? Um, And they're constantly in, um, you know, conflict with each other. So I think this is a question that I I ask very often, because like you said, I do like to succeed and that requires a certain amount of planning. But uh, my life is also a testament to the fact that sometimes 
you know, opportunities come your way that you're not expecting and you take turns that you don't expect and you actually end up, at least I would like to believe better off, mm. uh, right? So I think this is a, a challenge that I'm constantly trying to <laughs> resolve in my head. No, but what you're saying is really valid. I've met so many people who believed in this serendipity and believing in universe and giving them guidance and they don't do anything. They mm. literally wait for things to fall in place and and they just keep waiting and that's frustrating to a different level and they, they believe and so many magical things still happen in their life but as a high performance coach I would always look at your own performance so what mm. happens to you is is a gift it's a privilege it comes to your way and it comes your way and you do what you got to do but right. did you give your best shot hmm did you really do everything in your capacity to play the full game that you could have played? Hmm. Only you know this. True. So people become controlling in that sense. And let me also use another example to explain this point. Uh, because you are an end result oriented person who, with what I was talking about, the lowercase letter T, the horizontal line in the middle, that's hmm. extremely end result oriented, which means every single thing must have that final goal that you can hit. So it's literally like, like somebody who's amazing uh, in archery, you know, that person wants to hit the goal to the T and that's what you're looking for. That is your game. Every time you want to master it, if you are, and no matter which project you're dealing with, whether it was art, uh, whether it was the game sports that you were playing or uh, your design in whichever sense or the strategy strategic uh, decisions that you make, all of them for you is like knowing that final point and hitting it. And you evaluate your performance on how good was I, how far, far I was from that actual target. And people might think you were amazing, but if you think you didn't get what you wanted, you're still not happy. I was, while you were talking, I was just thinking of this um, very interesting thing, um, very interesting incident that sounds very similar to what you're saying. Um, I think one of the summers uh, I joined this, um, camp you have those camps for children right which is like a bunch of activities that you do (laughs) over the summer to ensure your child is not wasting the time Uh, so one of uh, these camps that I did um, part of those activities one day was I think we um, over a course of maybe two or three days we had to create this glass painting right and as kids um, you're taught how to do those glass paintings right are you given a bit of glass and then you're told to draw and trace it and paint it you get all of these glass paints right so um i of course spent all of the the three days on that right and um i still remember because my mom has it framed up uh, in our house still it was a it was a picture of tinkerbell uh that (laughs) animated character the cartoon (laughs) character um and i remember i painstakingly took hours and hours to get every detail right like um you know to the point of i would take like a safety pin and like smoothen out the edges right and um at the end of whatever the three days I I sort of gave it to to the teacher and said hey this is what I've made um and she said you know the only problem I have with this is that it's too perfect uh right (laughs) yeah and she said it's okay it's art it can have flaws right you don't uh, you don't have to have it you don't have to be a perfectionist to the point you could have you I saw you finish the painting on day one you didn't have to spend day two and day three on it right um it was fine the way it was at the end of day one so while you were talking I I was just um (laughs) it was a bit of deja vu because um yeah you're right you wouldn't be happy if people are. I would not be happy yeah yeah and and I think that sets you for a very very high standard personal standard of of performance and in Japanese term they call it kodawari kodawari is like you are constantly striving your standards and other people may like it may not like it but you are on your own journey I, as I was at it, when you write your signature, the first letter S in Shreya uh, starts with a long tail and then you form the letter S. That's a typical sign for anybody who would take unnecessary responsibilities of others on their head. Do you do that? Um, 
I don't know others, but at least people that are very close to me. And, you know, my mom used to joke about this a lot. Um, when we were a kid and we'd moved into a new building, I have a younger brother. He's about uh, six and a half years, seven yeah. years younger than me, right? Okay. So I was already decently old when he was born. And so, of course, felt a very strong sense of responsibility. She used to joke that um, I used to go down every day to play basketball. Um, and I started pretty early in life, uh, you know, playing basketball. So at that point, um, even every- from a... Um, so I think uh, you know from that perspective I was of course um, at least the same height as most of the boys playing basketball in the building then or slightly taller and uh, I had started coaching in school so I was decently skilled at it as well right and um, here I had my younger brother maybe four or five years old six years old uh, dying to play and these boys are like we don't want him on our team and we don't want him on our team and she used to joke and say that you would stand there like a bully and say unless you put my brother in a team I'm not playing I'll not be a part of your team so if I'm in your team he also has to be a part of your (laughs) team you know Um, yeah so of course my parents used to find it very amusing how I used to sort of bully people to (laughs) get him and of course you know (laughs) yeah yeah and of course you know it it worked out well because he he went on to to play basketball very very well much better than me uh, represented his school at a national level as well so um, you know uh, I can claim a little bit of credit for that not a lot but um, yeah I think it's uh, for me I I found it quite funny uh, when I I heard my parents say that yeah do you write um I used to um I used to tell people I have stories in my head <laughs> that I want to tell um but again I think like that's like almost every writer and author stories in your head that you really <laughs> yeah. one um, day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, I used to write as a kid uh, a lot. Um, and uh, I remember my my English teachers telling me that I'd be sad to see you go from my class because I used to love reading your essays. Um, and uh, of course, I, I continued that through college. But like with a lot of things, once you start work life, I think anything that requires dedicated focus uh, <laughs> becomes tougher and tougher to accommodate, right? Because the free period, like the free time that you have, um, in between work, you you want to spend it to sort of recoup and refresh and rejuvenate, right? And so, you have social media to catch up on and Netflix. Social media. Series, like, oh my <laughs> totally. God. Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, in the recent past, no, though I, I keep joking with people that uh, one day I'm going to reach a point where I'm just going to leave everything behind and go to a like a, a, a beach house somewhere and just write for days um, I, 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 do, I won't be surprised and I'm saying that because there's a particular stroke we also call it Kama Sutra it's a anti-anxiety kind of a stroke the way we use it so people who right. are going through a lot of stress can practice this stroke to just calm their minds and their bodies but uh, that stroke is naturally in your letter s and okay. that talks about not no I'm not talking about calmness I'm only talking about the ability <laughs> That stroke is also called flow of thoughts, which is exactly what I want to talk about. So when you're thrown into a situation or a challenge, naturally, you start connecting the most unbelievably disconnected topics. And Mm. you find answers for one problem into into an area that other people won't think about. Mm. Right? So there are unrelated topics but you connect them to find the bridge find the connection and come up with a solution so that flow of thoughts I believe is also what writers land up doing they make some random observations and then they connect them with a story with a character or with an example that they want to set and they really bring that that unrelated flow into the character that they are describing so I believe you would do phenomenally well whenever you pick up writing because you naturally think like that, think like a writer. You keep looking for those odd observations and uh, you keep observing people all the time, though they are not aware of it. And you don't <laughs> do that often. I would say last three, four years, you haven't been doing that. Yeah. Just barring pandemic also before that, you just, you're not as hooked to this whole idea, but yeah. pretty much for all your life, you have observed people and, you know, in ways that you can, not predict but analyze them deeply very true and I think you know one of the um, the first sets of feedback that I received uh, when I started my consulting career was um, hey you need to when a like a frenzied conversation is going on and people are throwing ideas you need to contribute more Um, and at that point my response always used to be but 
I'm listening and absorbing to absorbing what other people are saying, right? And forming my thoughts uh, before I speak. So I think naturally, when uh, when there is a lot of chaos and cacophony, I think my um, instinctive mode is to step back and watch and learn uh, rather than actively rush in to contribute. Uh, because I do feel that I you would learn a lot more from observing what other people say and how they say it and their responses to things i think it's uh, you learn a lot at least I, it's I, interesting I because uh, most people don't see the value and one of my teachers told me it's literally like pulling the arrow back you need to do that and you've got to observe people and that's this is where the the magic happens and people don't realize that if you invest enough time and energy in pulling your arrow back and observing and listening and reading between the lines, then the forward motion becomes even more clear and distinct, which, true. which is what, we, what all of us, I think, must remember. <laughs> Very true. So, uh, you know, we spoke a lot about this creative versus logic. And as a marketeer, I'm sure you fall into that space over and over again. Yeah. So if somebody uh, is not clear about which category they fall into, And Carl Jung spoke about this and he said every person has uh, the male and the female. And by that, he meant actually this, you know, the masculine so-called traits that are considered as more strong, logical, uh, aggressive, fighter kind of traits and the feminine, which are more soft, creative, uh, empathetic traits. So he, he said that every single person has both these qualities available and depending on what you develop, you can tap into it. And right. that development is your choice. That development is something that you got to work towards because a, a real person would be the one or like the complete person, as he says, where both the sides are fully explored. So yeah. not only masculine and not only feminine, but both sides are fully explored. True. Now, with your career, with your background, with your parenting, we have seen a lot of that, that you know, masculine and feminine, creative and logic. So how do you look at that and what can people do to pick a few things that they can implement or learn from? Um, So I think, you know, um, I think the first thing uh, for people to think about when they think about this is one that it's not a conflict, right? Um, You're not either or I see a lot of people saying, I don't understand right brain or creative people or how can they live such logical analytical dry lives, right? (laughs) Um, I think, I don't think people are one or the other. Um, well said. Even though they believe that, right? So I think the first step is really pretty much just to be open to the possibility that you have both traits. It's just that one is underdeveloped. You haven't explored it. So you don't even know, um, you know, where you lie, right? Uh, so I think first step is just really being open to the fact that you are both, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's up to you to decide how you want to develop. Uh, both right Right. Um, I think the second thing is really about exposing yourself to situations and opportunities where you can explore both right in my case I was fortunate enough that I had parents who pushed both on me right so um, my dad for example every Sunday used to build this Lego house and he used to tell me now replicate it every Sunday for I don't know how many months uh, to build my logical ability of this then this then this right Um, structures and and I think it took me quite a few months but eventually I was able to replicate the same Lego house right and I did it every Sunday for months Uh, similarly my mom would literally like I mean she used to run everything in the house and still ensure that she would drive me to my katha classes right my um, craft and art classes my public speaking classes um and to the point you were mentioning she started reading to you when you were 15 days old exactly right so I think I was fortunate fortunate enough to have more than enough exposure to both Mm -hmm. um very very early on in life to realize that I can harness both right and thereby what you're saying is most people lack exposure and that's why they yes. do not know how to develop it yes so exactly you're not exposed and by your parents yes. yourself exactly right and and you know it can be 
a multitude of things like for example right now my job gives me the opportunity to explore both but that's not always been the case in my life right so right. i would always find different avenues to still be able to fulfill both sides right so for example when i was at i am lucknow um you were again it was uh, you know very clear there was a goal you know there were a bunch of ambitious people there it was relative grading so you were all fighting for literally half a mark uh, you know on days um and even there uh i was part of this uh, you know the the management fest of uh, uh, you know i'm luck now and uh, mm-hmm. the role that i played was creative content and media right so i learned photoshop while i was at i am luck now to be able to hone that side right um and similarly you know uh, even at mckinsey it was you know anything home decor or baking i picked up baking very heavily when i was at mckinsey to be able to still give myself those opportunities to explore this side and even now you know um like you said i find ways to to calm myself and find those focus times that i would paint on weekends when i felt like it was getting a lot and i needed to just cut off and you know take a break so i think um part of it is just exposing yourself and i i was speaking to someone the other day and uh, they said you know i've spent so much time in the company of people who think exactly like me that <laughs> can you connect me to right brain creative people i wonder what it would be like and what i would be like in their company right so i i i want to spend more time with right brain creative people they have a different way of thinking maybe i could learn something so i think exposure is not you just simply doing the activity exposure could literally just be surrounding yourself with people of a completely different mindset and rather than closing yourself out and saying that's not me explore and see whether you can learn something right so um, i think it's just about putting yourself in situations where you get to sort of explore both sides you may come back saying that hey while i've explored this side then here are the two three things i can take away in my life this is not an everyday thing for me and mm-hmm. that's fine right everybody has creative and logic in varying proportions and that's perfectly okay um but i think at least my belief is that you you develop more wholly as a person if if you explore both because you are capable of contributing irrespective of the situation right i i'm pretty sure that if i if i did not demonstrate both skill sets i would not be doing the role that i'm doing right now right you know my boss saw me demonstrate both skill sets and st- and hence felt okay fine um this she that. can do it right and um so i think a lot of times at least um, my experience has been it's it's definitely an asset um to be able to tap into both sides this phenomenal what you're saying because so many times people focus and they think me time is the privilege that i may or may not take but if you look at this as a professional development so being creatively attuned actually would help you be a better professional so Absolutely. do not compromise it because of whatever other priorities but do take out time thankfully during the pandemic a lot of people did that it was phenomenal yeah. to see how they explored and they discovered something that they had never chanced upon it's so true because um, when i was in school i had this uh, math tutor that i used to go to um and obviously everybody you know knows that anybody <laughs> who loves math is logical loves puzzles right <laughs> uh, and during that period he got introduced to a bunch of people uh, who were into photography right so uh, it wow. started out as an interesting hobby for him to do on weekends or holiday time when his students weren't coming in to learn um and he started experimenting with it and it reached a point where i think one year after i graduated um he told me hey and i i went back to meet him and he told me you know what i've given up tutoring i'm a full time wildlife photographer right wow. now right and he found his passion like much much later in life but um you know he he seemed so sure that hey what have i been doing all my life you know this is what <laughs> i really wanted to do this is what really and i guess it's just a function of exposing yourself to the opportunity to to see whether this is you or not right so, and what you're saying is do it in in parts because you never know yeah. like you know yeah, as yeah. you might run out of interest and you might not feel like it but if you no. wouldn't have explored baking you don't have you don't know whether you like it or not absolutely you tried it for some time like say one year now you know you have an opinion you have an experience yeah. to exactly. I-, i must tell this that every time and i'm also like the lateral student i learning multiple things like this and you know talking about it endlessly when i learn something new creatively and uh, every time i do that i feel i understand my clients in a different light altogether and everything that i have learned from calligraphy to line art 
to to acting everything that i've learned actually it gives a newer perspective to understand the same situation because very you true. explore and understand yourself in a in a different light altogether very true you know like you said i think creative people have a certain capability for lateral or tangential thinking because they're not always followed but they they not they don't always look at a follows b follows c and hence prove right, right. um and so sometimes and that's sometimes you know probably the the thing that differentiates uh, how they look at a problem and how they solve it in a unique way um as opposed to someone who would follow a very structured path right and while of course you need that structured thinking because sometimes you know the the situations that you're faced with are absolute chaos and you do need to make sense of them <laughs> yeah. um a lot of times sometimes the way to cracking a problem that nobody else has cracked is simply just looking at it differently right and and that's an important skill as well um so i think it's it's very important to be able to have both rather than saying ah i'm too creative and this is not my ball game or oh my god i don't understand creativity that's not mm-hmm. my space so i do think um you know i've been pondering this a lot um as a person i have always been um extremely introverted right um i'm always and and my friends joke about this that some of my best friends are all extroverts so they sort <laughs> of like they adopt me and they get to know me and that's how we become close right but um i think the further and further i grow in my career um i do see a lot of merit in um what an extrovert personality would bring right because if you're leading a team uh, your job is to also make them feel comfortable and make them feel like they belong as a part of your team right and that's a lot easier when you're an extrovert personality uh, rather than somebody who's introverted and you know sort of just um, within themselves right so um i think this is something that i i constantly sort of as i'm growing older and um my team is getting bigger is something always on my mind right that is my introverted personality actually getting in the way of uh, me being the best version um of a leader that i can be for my team and am i really doing whatever i can to bring the best out of them right okay. um yeah. so good question so first of all uh, are you an introvert let me answer that in in two parts because your handwriting is straight and sometimes moves to the left but it's mostly straight and that talks about you are an ambivert you would be introvert and extrovert depending on the situation but not a complete extrovert for sure <laughs> so true <laughs> how i have friends who tell me that uh... before we got to know you we were like wow this girl doesn't talk at all and now we got to know you and when will you shut up <laughs> you know and your signature is moving to the right side to so the tilt the slant as we call it is is the right slant that talks about how you are an extrovert in public hmm right so generally the public persona that you have that people think that you are very good at speaking you know how to speak it's just that you don't choose to speak so you are rather considered arrogant when you're not speaking with people they don't think that you are an introvert because introverts are different kind they are shy and you know whatever the perception wrong perceptions people have about introverts so again going back to carl jung he said he was the father who actually created this distinction between introverts and extroverts so he's considered as father of modern analytical psychology so he said introverts gain energy by spending time alone hmm. and extroverts gain energy by conversations true but that doesn't mean it's anything to do with communication to begin with nothing Very to true. do with it so if you want to build a better team and if you understand that many hours of your day going to be with them or communicating and constantly interacting which is exhausting for you you got to do the counter activities either something very intense in the morning so there are multiple types of meditations that you can choose or practices where you go deeper if you're choosing a workout choose uh, any workout that is done alone versus with any other human being because any human interaction would start depleting that energy so doing things alone and probably your your irritation with workout might not be about how long it takes it might be about how many times do i have to look at these people every morning <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> so if you have that once in a day where you go as deep as you can or if you have multiple gaps even for 5 minutes 3 minutes that you can take mm. a little dip and have that disconnected time both work mm. 
but you got to be disciplined about it because if you do not recharge your batteries alone you won't hmm. be able to perform in public very true it's um that's interesting that you bring this up because um i had done this training maybe three or four years back um where a bunch of us were put in the room and we were given a bunch of cards and we were told separate these cards into what gives you energy and what takes away energy right and it was so clear that the extroverts in the room pick things like talking and parties and uh, the introverts pick things like painting and cooking and reading <laughs> and um i think f- for me the biggest takeaway was like be aware of what gives you energy and cool. takes away your energy you may still have to do things that take away your energy right but if you look at them as um, hey this is something that exhausts me it doesn't necessarily mean that you're bad at it or that you shouldn't do it exactly um exactly. it just means that you, you will be, be exhausted you need to be recharged and that's fine right and i think it's it's super critical i guess to to keep that in mind because um if if you are ambitious and you do want to grow which which i am right um being people oriented is a super critical part of that of right course. you do not exist in isolation um and so being aware that here are the things that that exhaust me but it's not because um i'm doing it badly or i shouldn't be doing it at all it's just that this doesn't come naturally to me right and when you do something that doesn't come naturally to you it's of course a lot more effort than doing things that come naturally and you, going right? back to that whole logical and creative part you know how we just spoke about walk on the other side and see yeah. how that particular trait works is where True. your whole development happens True. it's phenomenal how most leaders uh, get a lot of validation and appreciation for things they're naturally good at so the need to develop the other side does not occur Very so they true. wonder why to even do that and they do not end up doing it until they reach a point and they realize oh my god now my role demands that i do more of this and i don't have the energy to go about it so when you true. keep developing the other side is always helpful i also have seen that people become more empathetic when yes. you learn the other side and master it when other person is struggling with your struggles or you, you can relate to why they are feeling the way they are feeling you might not understand it but at least you can relate to the struggle and the yes. problem then becomes easier i just wanted to ask you out of curiosity more than anything else in your current role did you run any campaign that you think you were really proud of something that was absolutely different hmm interesting because uh i took over a pandemic time so there was a lot of things that <laughs> we could not do but um yeah i think you know in in um, early uh, i would say feb of last year um we did this campaign with uh, karina when she was pregnant right and um i think for us we felt super proud of that campaign because um uh me and you know of course my team is has at least 7 to 8 women uh <laughs> young passionate uh extremely feminist women and for us it was very important to be able to put uh, a a pregnant karina out there and you know be able to say that hey just because we are a sports brand and we focus on um strength and performance right that does not mean that that cannot be represented adequately through a pregnant woman right sure. um and so for us i think you know especially this is something that's that's important to me um i think we were probably the first sports brand to do uh, you know such a cover I saw right that. and that's where i was where i'm coming from because actually to be able to do that and and have the courage to showcase something was revolutionary re- revolutionary in your yeah. own zone at so many levels that was yeah, and i think you know hats off to uh, to the team that worked on this you know uh, for me also that was probably one of the first big things that uh, that we did together as a team right um uh, and i guess we were also a little nervous because of course karina was very pregnant and we we didn't want to do anything that would make her uncomfortable but of course mm-hmm. she was a great sport and you know she she kept the, the set alive and people were laughing and having a good time and um uh, you know so so for us i guess for me i i personally like of course uh, leaving up aside the 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 pickup that it got and the fact that lots of people spoke about it i think personally for me and also i know for for the women in my team it felt like an achievement right mm-hmm. um uh, because we we would want to do things that would break stereotypes and sort of um, tell everybody out there that hey just because she is pregnant doesn't mean she needs to cover her belly and sit inside and hide from everybody right mm-hmm. it's it's a thing to be celebrated and um it's her body and you know 
this is something that that looks beautiful right so um i guess uh, for me at least on a personal note that was Uh, that was something that that I felt really. I'm getting goosebumps as you're describing yeah. <laughs> this because it's so powerful, and we we do require strong conversations around it. And I think oh. mostly because it is understood, accepted stereotypes are like pushed under the carpet. Nobody talks about it. Definitely, yeah. luckily, now we talk a lot more than what we used to, but still we have a long way to go. So true. I would say Very that's true. amazing. Thank you for doing that, by the way. So many women <laughs> require to to talk about. and accept themselves more than anything else so absolutely i hope that women who saw that cover felt that yeah <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure they did thank you so much this was very interesting and you know the whole right brain left brain logic versus creativity these battles uh, i think people don't talk about because they take it for granted they they think this is who i am and i probably need not look at different perspectives but i i thoroughly enjoyed this conversation i hope our listeners also have had many many takeaways from this and they can implement so. things and thank you so much i think you've been a wonderful host this is uh, i think a very very interesting format uh, the first that i've ever done so thank you. um i can understand why you've got uh, so many interesting people and accomplished <laughs> people to do this <laughs> i think the format is very engaging so uh, you know congratulations and i wish you. you many more of these Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Which were your favorite parts? Did you make a note? If you have, you have to tell me. My email ID is right w r i t at aditi surana dot com. Only learning something is not enough. Sometimes you have to sit down and put everything that you have learned into an action. Because without taking actions towards things that you want to change. things are only ideas merely some inspirations but the actual shift in behavior or in your way of working happens when you act on things that you decide to act upon and i think that's an essential part i also believe that because every time i meet people in india's first mental and emotional gym called apt i see the same thing apt is a mental gym where instead of working on the body we work on the mind on a weekly basis and people choose to take actions on things that they've been postponing forever to take their journey to the next level and claim the best version of themselves if you're interested in something of this sort then check out the link aptforme.com and have been very lucky that our listeners write to us on a regular basis if you have any feedback any criticism anything that you think one needs to change or alter about the show please write to me my email id i'm repeating it again write w r i t at aditisurana.com i see you on friday with one more episode of the absolutely right podcast till then happy writing mm-hmm.